Hello and welcome to The Game Show, our LGBTQ plus game show where we discuss the news, LGBTQ facts, and more. The format is very simple. Each contestant will prepare three questions on three separate topics and take turns posing and eventually discussing these questions with the other contestant. The person who properly answers the most questions or is the most humorous wins. Today's contestant, fellow outcaster Druv, and myself, Lucas. Welcome, Druv. Hi, Lucas. How are you? I'm doing pretty well today. I'm feeling fairly confident I will win. How about you? I'm also feeling fairly confident that I will win, so uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. And if it's a tie, you know, we can settle it like real men um, with a thumb wrestle. Or rock, paper, scissors. Or that. That's well, a bit intense for me, though. My heart can't handle that. Well, take it away, Drew. Ask your first question. Okay, Lucas. So, question number one. Researchers at the University of Toronto recently found that which of these traits is linked to a higher incidence of homosexuality in men? Is it A, colorblindness, B, left-handedness, C, having blue eyes, or D, having a longer forefinger than ring finger? Um, well, the only thing I know I read in a psychology textbook once that if your hair swirls in a certain direction, it's more likely that you'll be gay. But I don't think... Which direction is that? Whichever direction your hair does not swirl in, probably, statistically speaking. Interesting. Or maybe... Continue with your answer. Either way, so... Can you read your answers again? Because okay. I was waiting for you to say hair swirl, and it wasn't hair swirl. Okay. Is it A, colorblindness, B, left-handedness, C, having blue eyes, or D, having a longer forefinger than ring finger? I feel like these are all completely unrelated in answers you'd find in a BuzzFeed quiz, but I'll go with A. It is not A. It is B, left-handedness. Huh. That's strange. Why is that? Um, so there isn't a known scientific reason yet, but um, they surveyed over a thousand homosexual men, I believe. And um, it was found just there was just a, not necessarily a causal relationship, but there was a correlation between homosexual men having a higher incidence of left handedness, 34 percent higher to be exact. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's unclear if this just happens to be like the group of it could be just a bias within the group of people they surveyed. Um, it could be possibly indicative of something genetic relating to homosexuality, although that seems to be a pretty obscure relation. Well, I mean, here at the studio, it definitely seems we have more left-handed people than in the general population. So who knows? Yeah. Um, so no point for me. On to the next question. Which one of these is not the title of a news article I found this week? L is for lesbian. G is for gay. Indian parents learn ABC of LGBT. Oklahoma man finds way to celebrate LGBT Pride Month in rural town with duct tape. Newly found Viking settlement full of ancient LGBTQ graffiti. Or Axe Body Spray defends LGBTQ Pride on Twitter. I'm going to go with C. Um, and that is right. I don't know if you've been really reading the news, but there was I have not. no Viking settlement full of LGBTQ graffiti. Uh-huh. But... There was lots of um, companies like Axe Body Spray talking about LGBTQ pride this month Mm -hmm. and a lot of angry sentiment reacting to that because a lot of people just think it's marketing. People try to get money. I actually very strongly do agree with that sentiment. Um, I think that, you know, obviously it is in a company's best interest to celebrate pride at all times, but especially capitalizing on on the month of June being Pride Month. Um, it just seems like, you know, the very in-your-face pride marketing, and then as soon as June is over, it kind of just goes away. Like, it feels very, very targeted, and there's all these messages of acceptance that come through, but only in this time frame. 
and it just feels like they're trying to capitalize upon you know the the media presence that's already surrounding this event and this time of the year. Oh, definitely. I see ads everywhere, and I definitely think the same thing. Um, then furthermore in the news, the Oklahoma man who was celebrating LGBT Pride Month with duct tape, it was just some rural town, and in the little newspaper that they had, they were writing about how proud they were of people supporting the Pride Month, and this guy was going around with duct tape and taping like his van and different things with the rainbow flag. And I found that a really cute story, and it was yeah. nice to see that in Oklahoma and all these like rural states that we often find are like less friendly to the LGBTQ community are still so supportive and taking mm-hmm. part in Pride Month, which I really feel yeah. is more the heart of Pride Month than all this marketing yeah, stuff. Yeah, than this very corporate feeling marketing strategies. Yeah, and then the last article, L is for lesbian, G is for gay, Indian parents learn ABC of LGBT, Interesting. Um, <laughs> was about Indian parents becoming more open to the LGBTQ community, especially in India where it's been decriminalized a bit. Mm-hmm. And supposedly there are classes where you get to understand the LGBTQ community a little more. Yeah, that's of, that's of interest to me because, you know, being of Indian descent, you know, my parents... <gasps> My parents are very, very, I'm very proud of them because they're quite, quite accepting having been raised in India up until they went to college or up until they went to grad school even. And, you know, they've, they've come to become very accepting and very progressive in their views socially. Whereas, you know, my grandparents and even my relatives who have stayed in India are somewhat accepting, but there's still this, this clouded judgment about LGBTQ people. There's still this this air of disapproval um, when we discuss anything relating to LGBTQ people. You know, um, a relative once told me that if I ever ended up marrying a man, she wouldn't be at my wedding. So, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, and this is definitely a step in the right direction, and that makes me proud as, as someone of Indian descent. So, brown power. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like it's also a generational thing, and we could definitely, mm-hmm. we could do like an OT about like, grandparents and that sort of thing. Bring in some of our grandparents and talk to them about their views. Okay, interesting. Well, that's one point for Dhruv, zero points for me, but I'm sure I can bring it back. Dhruv, hit me with your next question. Okay, we're getting a little bit more serious with this one, but for my last question, we'll bring it back to reassuring. So we've all heard about ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Now, what did ICE say to the family of a trans woman who was detained and then died in their custody? Was it A, that the woman must have been sick before she came into their custody? B, that she shouldn't have tried to cross illegally and she wouldn't have died if she hadn't? C, that the family must pay the funeral costs as well as the transportation cost of the body? Or D, that they had no way of knowing that her health was failing so they couldn't have done anything to save her? I really like, I hear all these ice stories and it's always terrible and it's really sad to read about all these things that are happening and see what's happening. Um... And like, honestly, it could be any of those. And it's really just a just a shot in the dark here. But I'll go with B. Uh, that is not correct, unfortunately. Um, while many supporters of ICE may have shared the sentiment that she shouldn't have tried to cross illegally, the thing that ICE said was that even though the woman died in their custody, the, the family of the woman has to foot the cost of not only transporting the body, but the entire cost of the funeral. And this person died after repeatedly requesting medical care and saying that her health was failing. And only when she became unconscious and completely unresponsive was she released from the detention facility and transferred to a hospital. And she died just a few days later. And, you know, there's really no way to prove whether this this gross mistreatment was as a result 
of this person being trans, but there's a very, very, very good chance that that had something to do with it. This person died on June 1st, which was the first day of Pride this year, and that just kind of sets a grim tone for the future of LGBTQ rights in this country, that our government agencies don't value the lives of these trans people enough to even give them basic Medicare when they're literally dying. Well, I mean, the way I thought of it at first is seeing, first of all, it's a terrible, terrible thing. But on top of that, we have all these people and a lot of the people coming as refugees, as asylum seekers from countries in South America fleeing gang violence are trans people, are LGBTQ people that are fleeing persecution. And this is the way they're treated. And it's just horrendous to see that. And being trans almost definitely probably influenced um, her treatment in the facility, not her. Well, maybe her treatment, but her choice or being forced to flee from her home country. Yeah, she was she was fleeing from El Salvador, which is, you know, not exactly known for being the most LGBTQ friendly place. Yeah. And I know I did this interview about LGBTQ refugees that are seeking asylum, Mm -hmm. and there are special pathways and organizations out there to help them because it is such a terrible and such a dangerous and difficult pathway to achieve asylum and find help as an LGBTQ person. Usually when you're fleeing, leaving your home country, you're like basic networks like your family networks, your friend networks dissolve. And that just makes it so, and being LGBTQ in a relatively unaccepting place makes it so much harder to survive. And, you know, these people are seeking uh, a haven from persecution. And then they come to our supposedly accepting and progressive country and they're immediately detained and they're mistreated because they're transgender. And then these things happen. People are being hurt and they're dying as we speak today. This isn't the Stonewall riots. This isn't discrimination 50 years ago. This is happening right, right now as we speak. There are people in these facilities that are suffering because people refuse to acknowledge them and refuse to treat them correctly because of their identity or because of things they can't control. And that's not what our country represents. It's not what our country should represent. And, you know, it doesn't represent America, like what we're supposed to be, which is like the whole melting pot. Um, well, I mean, mine is a lot more lighthearted than that. That was a very serious question. Um, mine is just, my next question is just, who is Snagglepuss? A, just a gay cat. B, a LGBTQ superhero. C, the mascot of the International LGBTQ Association, or D, the first, quote, openly lesbian cat in Montenegro. <laughs> I, I'll, go, uh, I'll go with C, the mascot of the International LGBTQ Association. Um, no, you're wrong. It's actually B, it's a LGBTQ superhero. So one of the artists that worked on the Flintstones Mm -hmm. created Snagglepuss originally to embody the LGBTQ community in times when it wasn't very accepted. And they are coming out and making new comics as well of Snagglepuss. And I thought it's a funny name and a very good drawing. You should definitely check it out. I'll have to check it out at whatever our local comic store is, which I don't know because I don't read comics. But maybe this will compel me to start reading comics. There's a really good comic book festival every Friday in the Bronx underneath the train station. I can take you. That sounds like the shadiest thing I've ever heard. I will not be attending with you. (laughs) Um, Well, either way, you have one point. I have zero points. Hit me Give me a chance. Okay. So, the mayor of Carbon Hill, Alabama, was forced to apologize after saying which of the following things? A, 
The only way to fix the immorality of homosexuality is to kill all of the gays. B. Transgender people are Satan in disguise. C. LGBTQ people do not deserve the same rights as straight people. Or D. Pete Buttigieg is trying to turn America gay. Sadly, any of these options could be right. You did say it's going to be more lighthearted, and I'm going to try to use that to my advantage, so I'm going to guess it's either B or D. You got to give me a definitive answer, Lucas. Um, you want to help me out here? No, I sincerely <laughs> do not. Um, you want to read me the questions again? The answers or the question? Uh, the answers. Okay. A, the only way to fix the immorality of homosexuality is to kill all of the gays. B, transgender people are Satan in disguise. C, LGBTQ people do not deserve the same rights as straight people. Or D, Pete Buttigieg is trying to turn America gay. So if it's A, the mayor is a, like, murderous Dr. Seuss. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's that. I'm going to go with B. That is unfortunately not correct. Oh, no. That means you automatically win. It was, in fact, A. Um, this mayor did say that the only way to solve the, quote, problem of homosexuality is to kill all of the gay people in America, which is, I guess, makes him a murderous Dr. Seuss. Um, the lighthearted part is that he is being very, very widely mocked, humiliated, and ridiculed for his comments, um, and will likely have to step down as mayor. So, you know, um, activism, three cheers for that. I have the feeling that this man would have agreed with all the statements that I just said, even the ones that I made up, just based on, you know, what he's said so far about homosexuality. The fact that these people were ever allowed to take office is not the most reassuring thing, but the response to this person and to what he said is more reassuring because it tells me that there are enough people who are not okay with what's being said and the rhetoric around homosexuality and homophobia that are willing to speak out. And, you know, that's reassuring that there's this growing support network who won't stand for blatant discrimination and literally like calling for mass genocide based on sexuality, which is absolutely horrible. Well, you already win. So I'm just going to ask this question and not give you any answers. You can just try your best. Just for fun. Okay. Um, Forbes recently ran an article titled, quote, your dream gay happiness number, end quote. What do you think this means? And what is the number? Just guess anything. You said dream gay happiness number. Yep. Is it related to the Kinsey scale? That is an interesting proposition and no. Darn. <laughs> Can I get one more guess? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Is it on a scale of 1 to 10, how gay you have to be to be happy. I mean, you can be happy whoever you are, wherever you are. So no, that's wrong again. This um, number, the dream gay happiness number, was discussing um, the economics of being gay or being part of the LGBTQ community and speaking about how much money the average gay person needs to be happy and what your dream gay happiness number, I guess, in dollars is. Mm -hmm. And so I read this article and it was really interesting because it turns out on average, on average, obviously there are a lot of people suffering in America um, that are part of the LGBTQ community. But specifically with gay people and gay men, um, they are much wealthier than the average American. So I found that interesting and I wonder what that correlation is. Maybe it has to do with um, your handedness as you said in your first left question, handedness. your left handedness, or just your ability to handle your money, use it. Maybe people with left and who are left handed are like smarter or something. Are you left handed, Lucas? No, I'm not. <laughs>
that explains a lot. Uh, well, either way, they say um, if you want to be considered wealthy and if you want to like live anywhere in America and be quote unquote considered wealthy, you have to have $2.3 million nowadays, oh, which is a, lot of, a lot of money. But yeah, that's crazy. And to all you left-handed people out there, congratulations. You're smarter than all of us. No, you're. that's not what we said. That's what you just said. No, I said... I said maybe people with left hand who are left-handed are smarter because Lucas really shot yourself in the foot with this one. Uh, am I just proving my own point because yeah. I'm not left-handed? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the game show, and we hope you join us next time. Hopefully, I will win with whoever the new guest is, or whoever the host is will beat the new guest because mm-hmm. I don't like this trend of the guest winning. Yeah, you know, I I, I came in confident, and that confidence paid off. You know, I, I, I've always known that I've been the superior person in in our in our friendship, and this really just proves that. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me, Lucas. Um, for all of you listeners out there, Drew actually has a big message board where he writes down the number of wins that he has against me, and it doesn't. And now, good. now there's one win on there. So, <laughs> three cheers for me. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.